0: So, hi. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. It's a very exciting time.
1: So, yeah. <laughs> well, I was up there a couple of weeks ago and got to see the Thanksgiving play. Oh, awesome.
0: Oh, great. Yeah.
1: yeah gone. Fantastic. It was so much fun. I brought my friend who is also okay. Italian. And when oh. that came up about Italian, yeah, I like hit her. I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's totally you." <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing.
0: <laughs> so people don't realize like it's it's hardcore the whole um, Columbus Italian situation. <laughs> Brian, you're really intense about it. I'm <laughs> sorry, hitting my jewelry
1: here on the table anyway yeah, <laughs> yeah well i'm glad you had a, i hope you, i'm glad you enjoyed it sound like you do so, yeah. we loved it um sure. we'll do some quick introductions so you know who you're talking sure, to yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> i'm angela starts mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh yeah i'm excited i'm excited to to talk about talk about things yay uh, i'm sunrise to the i'm excited as well <laughs>
0: Hey, so am I. I'm hi, I'm Larissa. <laughs> hi. Well, and
1: Tully Jacob sends his apologies. He was going to uh-huh. join us. Oh, no way! He, he was. He had like a little car problem, so. Oh, no. Oh. But it's funny That's because. We've him in ages. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. I helped with Lazarus Rising. Yeah, okay, 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 hey. Oh, awesome. All those years ago. Right. Yes. I love that. I wish we'd been able to make that movie. I love that one. It was great. The trailer was great. I don't even know what yeah. happened to the trailer.
0: Yeah, I just said, we never, we're never able to get enough traction to get it made, which I
1: was bummed about, but I really liked it. Yeah. Oh, it was so cute. The running through the, the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> love that scene.
0: <laughs> yeah. I just love working with those guys. I talked to Steve quite a bit. But I, I, I've heard from Tully, but we, I just haven't seen him in a while. So mm-hmm. yeah, nice. Fun. Yeah. They'll say hi for me.
1: I will. So, welcome to Real Indigenous, a podcast that looks at Native representation in media. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to talk to you about your journey as a playwright and being the first female Native playwright on Broadway, opening <laughs> April 20th. Yay! <laughs> Almost there. Almost stretch right now. Can you share a little bit about your journey through all of this? Yeah. Um, you know,
0: I started actually
1: in film and um
0: television writing which is where Angela and I met and um I worked in that industry for a little while I I got really frustrated at that time a while back before we had a lot of a lot of support that folks have now through different organizations um native run organizations Uh, I, I I did not have that at the time and it was frustrating with the way that representation of indigenous peoples were watered down. Casting was very, any vaguely brown paint person will do, et cetera. Um, and I just didn't have the, you know, uh, any kind of um, team behind me to help me fight. And I just felt like all I was doing was fighting all the time. It was just exhausting. <laughs> I really didn't want to be doing that. So um I, had two TV shows I'd sold back to back and they both got turned, you know, ended up not going on the air in the same month. And when that happened, I realized I was relieved. I said, Oh, that's depressing. That's a horrible way to spend, you know, your life doing things where you're happy when you fail, you know, but I just didn't know. And I was so tired from fighting. And then a theater company, um, uh, children's theater company of Minneapolis found me through the Sundance program where I wrote Lazarus rises and they, commissioned my first play, and I just felt like I was home. I, I was a professional ballet dancer in my previous career. You um, know, Now I was in my mid-30s trying to figure out what I was going to do and not be miserable about, and um, I just loved being in theater. I so said it felt like dancers with furniture, and I could do that, you know? And when I got to theater, um, at that time, unlike Hollywood, uh, theater was ready to do things differently. They wanted to do things, you know, my very first play, we hired an elder, just to like, hang out and be an elder, <laughs> <We> <laughs> hired a language consultant. And we hired, you know, all these artists, um, Bobby Wilson just reminded me that uh, we gave him his very first art commission for with my play there called average family. And we commissioned him to do a big live paint in the uh, lobby. He was um, doing spray painting, then you with know, uh, spray cans, and he was a skater. And And I didn't realize that was his first commission. And uh, he just told me that last summer. And we had him do this huge piece in the lobby live for people, which was really fun and sounded great. But we didn't think about the fact that spray paint, um, that smell (laughs) never leaves. And it was on the wall against the house of the theater. So it just choked out all the people in the back of the theater for like a day. (laughs) It was just, and so maybe not the best idea, but it was a beautiful piece. And, you know, he he did a great job on it and it sold and all that. So that was nice. Um, In any case, so theater was willing to do that sort of work with me and make those mistakes with me um, in a way that film and TV hadn't been at the time. And so I've stayed in theater ever since then. I've been really fortunate, you know, to just kind of keep growing my way up through the ranks of theater until here we are on Broadway. Um, And and I'm fortunate now, I will just be nice about them. Um, I am working in film and TV again. I was fortunate I went back right before COVID and have stayed now doing quite a few film and TV projects. I've had like five or six projects developed at different studios now. Um, And it's very different. Um, Both my agency is different. Uh, You know, what I can ask for and I have a team behind me, but also we have so many fantastic Native-run organizations and advisors working with Hollywood to make things are done better now, which is a completely different world than it was when I left it.
2: Cool. I'm wondering like um so yeah, you've had this uh been following your career for for a little while now. Um Kenny Ramos is a good close friend. He's yes. like one of my favorite peoples ever and I know Evangelist too. Um <laughs> yeah. I know your name from
0: uh, I've been seeing your name around for a while.
2: So yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, we, oh great. <laughs> yeah! <absolutely. laughs> oh Yes, absolutely. Oh. Um, um, I've been. I'm curious. Like, so, how do you? I'm want to talk about a bit, of, a bit about your process. Like, so, I'm. I know some of your work with Cornerstone Theater Company, which is very. uh I attended a workshop with them once with Kenny, and uh we you know that that kind of work just so heavily into the community working with a lot of non-traditional actors uh i'm wondering and and now your work on broadway with like thanksgiving play uh putting on and making fun of and poking fun of uh white fragility for all to see i'm wondering like how does your process differ from from that and uh i've read some interviews that talked about how uh That was born out of this idea of like, well, well, we can't cast natives, but Cornerstone Theater, it seems like makes an effort to like, oh my gosh, well, we will go into the community and we will put on the show and we will have native actors Uh, versus others where it's like you wrote this play to be like, hey, here are four non-native people do this play and now it's on Broadway and I wondered if we could talk a little bit about your process and maybe where your your heart and your mind is like when you approach work with like Cornerstone Theatre Company and now your your wonderful Thanksgiving play on uh on Broadway
0: yeah you know I always say my my careers had kind of in theaters have these parallel tracks you know where I have this community work which is really my heart work I mean that's what I love, I get to be in community and have some, you know, we're gifted with such incredible experiences and generosity by different communities that we've worked, we've been invited to come and work in right now. It's with I'm lucky; it's with my own, the Lakota, Lakota, Dakota, Nakota folks. Um, and so there's that process that you're talking about, where we work, you know, with Cornerstone Theater Company, and also on my own, and with Ty Defoe in communities for a long time. Um, Ty and I, as Indigenous direction, have been working with uh, communities in the Twin Cities for quite a while, and now that's manifested into a play that's happening this year, et cetera. Um, and then on the other side has been kind of my professional work but the thing is I've always approached my you know quote white professional theater work so a more traditional white theater um and have to be very clear like uh, western American theater is you know white culture theater it's uh, the whole culture of the space is is white culture and so um when I work in that space um it's a lot of pulling community in with me (laughs) and so finding ways, you know, I've been very fortunate that I've been given access and the doors have been open for me. So my job as a native woman is to make sure that door is held wide open. Um, If I'm the first, I can absolutely not be the last. And so that's my job and my responsibility that I take very seriously. And it is an honor and privilege of being the first to make sure that there's ways for community to to come through the door with me um, and to, you know, do their own, not just support my work, but also do their own work. Um, So I I feel like there's always an aspect of that community work that I do with Cornerstone that you mentioned. In all of my work, you know, I'm constantly like, well, how do we, how do we bring community members? How do we bring other artists? You know, two of the challenges I've had to um, more traditional white Western theaters from the beginning of my career is that I can't be the only Native art in the season, and I can't be the only Native Artists or made a person paid in the season. And so I challenge them all to figure out well, then, how do we fulfill those? You know, these are the challenges. I will work with you and so, and help you figure out how we fulfill those challenges and make sure that other people are being paid. Like, Bobby, you commission on my first theater, on my first gig, um, and that, you know, other artists are being involved and that other work is being presented. Um, you know, and that's continuing right up here into this Broadway show, even though this isn't a new play. Um, second stage here in New York has been a fantastic partner. They, um, take my, they all took my, what I call it, Indian, Indian 101, um, which is just a basic cultural competency preparing for, um, Native art- artists that were with us in the creative team and Native audiences and, and understanding because, you know, to be honest, it's, it's news to most theaters that they're white culture. They don't realize that <laughs> they think it's just, culture you know it's normal like no it's it's white culture (laughs) and you know we have theater too it's done in different cultures this is white culture theater and so you know helping them understand that and see that so they can understand why maybe other cultures aren't coming because it's a foreign culture to them and it's one that you're asking often asking native people to not just learn a new culture to attend theater but actually to suppress their own culture and not just Native people, you know, people of a lot of different backgrounds in this country. So, you know, they Second Stage has been really great. They took that training with me I'm like, whoa. Um, and they've been really wonderful about um, making sure they're doing a lot of outreach. We have a lot of talk backs, a lot of other theater artists, Native theater artists from New York have had talks and panels and things, and make sure their work is being elevated. We're doing, um, a lot of groups from, uh, like Native colleges and youth camps and things around the country, and different reservations are coming in, um, and they've been really great about making sure that, you are know, arranging them, working with them, um, making exper- other experiences for them. Um, I also know of, um, a lot of just, uh, uh, Well, discount codes, there's a FYI, there's a really fantastic discount code for indigenous people coming to the show um, that makes it incredibly inexpensive, um, probably cheaper than theater in your own local (laughs) area (laughs) to attend. So that's pretty exciting because Broadway can be prohibitively expensive. Um, I couldn't afford to go to Broadway shows for many, many years, unless someone gave me a ticket. So, um, you know, there's things like that, that these folks have done. So for me, it's trying to constantly merge those two uh, parallel tracks of my career. How do I, I pull more community involvement into a traditionally white theater space and how to, you know, and then at the same time, I am when I'm working with communities offering my tools, if they're desired of, um, to, traditionally white theater making. And so if you're interested in re- learning how to do things in this script format and in this way of presenting things like these tools are available to indigenous communities, I do that you know, for free, I don't get paid for those things. I, it's something I give back to the community. Um, if they're interested if they're not, no problem. But there are people that are interested in bridging that, that um, way of uh, that form of storytelling. and so myself and my partners you know, offer those things back to community.
1: I'm curious, what what's the most unusual thing you've heard during the talk back after the Thanksgiving play? Uh, you know, I, well, here's, I mean, you know, not, I knock on
0: my glass table, it doesn't work. I I think I'm really fortunate that people are really nice to the writer. People <laughs> <So, laughs> been really nice to me. Um, so that's good. There's some very nice things. Um, you know, it is, I will say, especially because we're here in New York, we're in a day, half a day's train ride from Wampanoag people. And where, you know, quote, the quote, original Thanksgiving happened. Um, and the uh, quote, Thanksgiving Indians that everybody thinks they know and don't at all. Um, we're so close. And so I will say surprising how many folks I hear from that are from here that know nothing. They have no idea where those people are. They have no idea how to, They're just some mythical place to them. They don't know how to, you know, what, they don't know the term Wampanoag, Wampanoag. They, you know, they just, they maybe heard it, but they don't know how to get there. (laughs) It's like, and I'll try to go to Neverland, I guess. Um, So that's fascinating to me. I think that's surprising that even here on the Northeast, you have such incredible access to this this rich culture that is here, even have handy museums you can go to, you know, like, it's not like they're not, you know, it's not like there's nothing, they have made easy for you to learn about them. And um, these folks have, you know, I've worked with a lot of out folks over the past quite a few years in different um, ways. And you know, they've been very generous with their willingness to educate folks about them and their history and, and their continued culture. And yet, you know, people here still don't know.
2: Mm-hmm. It, a lot of what you're describing, it seems like, is integrated into... The thanksgiving play and i'm uh, it's including like addressing you know white cultural theater um and even like the idea of the empty space to me felt like it's like both like about erasure and our missing presence but it also feels like it's like a a critique a little bit about like peter brooks So I'm just curious if you can like talk a little bit about like how that was integrating it into the play. If it was all from observation, if it was from history, if it, if it, uh, it also seems like it was a very clever way to get us into white theater when, when, you know, anybody could be cast, but we're also very present. Uh, I'm just curious about all those things. Yeah.
0: You know, I, I tell people, that, I mean, 80% of the Thanksgiving play is just quotes from my wife. (laughs) And then 20% of me is just putting in (laughs) the little lines to connect it all together. (laughs) uh, It's a
2: documentary, really.
0: Yeah, it really is. And I think, you know, I mean, sometimes that's, you know, hilariously, but also painfully obvious to other Native artists.
1: (laughs) definitely And
0: honestly, you know, I, I also say like, you know, the craziest things we hear, I couldn't even put in the play because people wouldn't believe me. You know, I was at a theater event, a white theater event, um, not too long ago. Well, now it was pre-COVID, but, you know, we had that shut down. So I don't really count those years because we weren't open. But, um, you know, I was at a, a, a white theater event pre-COVID. And um, very um, generous, supportive theater patron, gives a lot of money. with a lot of money and gives a lot of money, you know, white East Coast um, she uh, at first, I thought it was gonna go really well because she made a real um, is a fundraising event, and she made a real show of letting me know that she's you know part Jewish and so she you know understands and being a marginalized person, et cetera and then and then suddenly. And I thought that was about me being Native, you know, because I was one of the few Native people at this event, and I was actually speaking at the event. And I thought that she was saying that because we're both Native and et cetera. And then all of a sudden, she said I had to get up and go speak. And she's like, wait, what was your name again? I said, Larissa Fast Horse. And she said, Fast Horse? So is that Native American? I said, well, yeah. She's like, I never would have guessed. You're so well-spoken. <laughs> now, this well, is a thirties. This is not like, Oh was, no. yeah. And I was like, I didn't even know I had to go speak. I'm like, I'm just going to walk away now. <laughs> I can't even like, process this. Now I have to go talk to these people, you know, in front of this group, but I was just, I couldn't even process it. But like, if I put that in the play, no one would believe me. They think I'm making this stuff up. Um, So, you know,
1: <laughs> so yes,
0: the play is pretty much just taken from life, <laughs> and well, taken from, you know, all these beautiful, well, sincerely, I do believe in their heart, well-meaning mm-hmm. white folks that I work with every day. And I do believe they mean well. Um, but they've just continued to um, live in an incredible amount of ignorance and fear, fear of making a mistake, fear of of doing something wrong and being called out for it. And so instead, they do nothing. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. my my hope is by letting us all look at this together and laugh at it and say wow and really enjoy laughing together about it. You know, because I poke fun at everybody. You know? No one's off limits in my play. Mm-hmm. And so by us being able to laugh together about it, I hope that encourages them to be able to take a risk and make a mistake. You know, do something, mm-hmm. make a mistake, learn and then do something else, you know, and that's the only way we move forward. We can't move forward unless we actually move forward. And moving forward involves mistakes. And that's okay. It's okay to, it's okay to screw up. It's amazing to me how many times I've worked with theater companies where they will get a complaint from a native person um, about something in one of my shows or whatever. And they'll, they'll refer it to me. And I was like, do you do this with your wife artists? I'm like, well, no. And I was like, well, then you need to, you've programmed play. You need to talk, learn how to talk to a native person (laughs) that isn't just me (laughs) as your patron. And be responsible to them and find out you know understand them and speak with them um i was like do you, and then they like freak out or they want to cancel i was like do you cancel white place don't you get you know complaints they're like oh we get complaints on everything i was like exactly so just because a native person complained doesn't mean now we just shut down and do nothing it means you listen and you learn and perhaps you need to do something different next time perhaps they had an uh, uh, they had a poor experience in your space because you're expecting them to understand white culture and that's they're coming from a separate sovereign nation that has a different culture, you know, etc. So I I yeah all of it, all the things. It's all definitely from my world and my life and um things that I experience and I think we all do
1: every day. <laughs> Some awesome. of the strongest audience reactions came from the video clips during the play. Yeah. Yeah. Which you know my friend she just looked at me and I was like yeah I've heard all of this. Mm-hmm. i ever since we were little and had to dress up for thanksgiving you know and i was always the token indian and so she's like oh my gosh people just say that out loud (laughs) yeah yes (laughs) (laughs) well even the you
0: know everything in those um interstitial scenes about with the children one i like i'm so thrilled rachel chapkin my director you know conceived and put together these incredible videos um, that she created with two dozen kids that are, you know, I, you know we work together on them, but there, it was very much her vision of depicting these things in a way so that it really has impact on you when you realize this is about children. And also, you know, all of these are real. They're just things that got off the internet. Even the comments, they're all straight from the internet. You know, my publisher makes me change all the like, um, any identifying like websites and things. <laughs> so we don't get in trouble. But every con- everything you see in those children's sections are just straight off the internet within the last six years. You know, they're not old-
1: they're very new. Yeah. And we're getting ready to get to a land run reenactment season here in Oklahoma. Of course. Yes. That's
0: always fun. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. We need to do a play about that. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. How did you find your director? What made you decide to choose her? Yeah. So um, I've actually known Rachel for about Rachel Chapkin, my director,
0: uh, for about 10 years, way before she was on Broadway, before she's a Tony-winning director um, with her company called The Team, that she's been the artistic director of for a long time. Uh, I love their work. They work very similarly in communities and doing device work as an ensemble. And um, we first connected around a play called Mission Drift that they were doing. It was about, um, you know, uh, basically westward expansion and the ideas of, of of that and manifest destiny and a lot of things in the west and all that and so um we were introduced we had a lot of mutual friends and i've been a fan of their work for a while and we were introduced and I know each other and they actually end up thanking me and as one thanks in the book for you know advising them and connecting them with some native folks that might be interested and um we've tried to work together over the years and just schedules and whatever never lined up and now she's a fancy you know two-time Tony, well, two-time Broadway playwright, uh, director, one nomination, one win in the Tonys. You know, she's um, doing all these amazing things. Uh, most people know those shows the best, Town* and Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet. Uh, she's just a brilliant director. And I, when I was uh, looking at a list of um, people that I'd want to direct, uh, what happens is it's kind of negotiating you do at the theater. They come with a list and you come with a list and then you kind of... Go back and forth and try to figure out you know who we can agree on um we had two names uh at the, that we both had on our list and rachel's was one of them so because they were both friends of mine i talked to both of them and said hey here's the situation you know you know I, i'm friends with you both and i love you both and the theater loves you um the other person turns out was not available um he had another show going and um at the same time so that was easy so we went to rachel for you know rachel first and she immediately said yes um you know it's it, the one thing she did say to her credit, as as a well-meaning white person, was she said, "You know, are you sure? You know, you want a white person to direct this play?" And I, you know, I said, "I, hundred percent feel that." I think also though negotiating this world. It was very important to me to have someone who has been on Broadway before. It's very different. It is not the same as nonprofit theater at all. It's such a different world and the rules are different. The stakes are different. The expectations are different. The way you work is different. And I said, I need someone and this other um, person that was on my list was a person of color, but, and they were also a Broadway director. I said, I need someone that is a Broadway director um, to help me negotiate this world. And then I said, and to be honest, I need your expertise on being a well-meaning white person because um, the whole team, she's the only white person we've got on this entire team. So the whole creative team, the design team um, are all people of color. And I said, you know, I, I never get to work with women directors, very rarely. Um, they're also quite rare in in, in our field. And so um, I've gotten to work with a couple, but it's not often. So I said, so, you know, getting to work with a woman on Broadway is awesome. Um, And I honestly, she's been very honest about having had some issues in the past um, and making mistakes with uh, different folks in communities of color and having to say, you know, I screwed up or I've learned and now I'm going to do things this way. And I said, the fact that you know how to do that and have been through that difficulty is actually really valuable. Um, So, uh, yeah, so she said yes. And we've been having a fantastic time working together ever since.
2: Cool. That's awesome.
1: I think we have time for one last question. Okay. um, Yeah, (laughs) just (laughs) go.
2: Well, I want to say that something that you're very open about, and something I really admire, is you've been very open about uh, your self care practices and what you do to take care of yourself, of your loved ones, and how you recharge creatively. And I want to thank you for your openness about that. And I wondered if you would, how did you arrive at that? Because, you know, you were a ballerina dancer. You were, um, you're in this field that constantly demands, 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 demands. And how do you negotiate that? And how did you find what works for you?
0: Yeah, I appreciate you asking about that. Um, My self-care practices now, um, honestly, are born from a lot of failure, (laughs) (laughs) And from doing a very poor job at it. Um, This is a field, you know, and as a self-employed person who doesn't, you know, until very recently, never had a salary. I'm now um, a professor of practice at ASU just this past this year. So I do have a salary now, but uh, I've never had one before. Um, So, you know, you can work 24 seven very easily to make, just to make ends meet, you know? And so I'm worried to an artist as well, another artist. So we, neither of us have real, had real jobs before. Um, so it can be very um, tempting and I've done it and I've, I've done it to the point of being ill. I've done it to the point of triggering, triggering an autoimmune disease of, you know, working with uh, bronchitis for months at a time. You know, I've, I've, I've done a lot of bad things to my body and made myself very unhealthy. So I had to learn with <laughs> failure <laughs> that I have to do better. And that I'm just, you know, I'm a better human. <laughs> I'm able to be a, a kinder uh, collaborator, you know, uh, I mean, anytime I can look at my own, you know, I, I work very hard to try to be a kind human, but you know, anytime I can see my own bad behavior, I can totally see I didn't eat, I didn't sleep, you know, all these things, I was exhausted and stressed and I was, you know, I was a not kind person in that moment. And, and that, that to me is the most important measure. It's not about how much work I get done, et cetera. It's how, you know, am I being a kind human when I do the work and am I, you know, making sure that other people have a, a better experience and a good experience. Um, and so anytime, you know, that, that to me is the most important. Those are the things that haunt me is the times that I haven't been a kind human. And every time I can see I was exhausted, I was hungry, I was, you know, whatever, Um, so I really, uh, so that's what motivates me now to do better. because I don't want to be an unkind human. And, um, and so, and I also, you know, when I'm sick, I'm an unkind human. And so (laughs) I need to, I need to do that. So now, you know, like right now I will say, it sounds like I'm a terrible example because from when I got here, February 22nd to when I leave February 21st, I only have one day off. It's a full day off. However, I will say in that time, I'm. Very strict about things. I have a trainer at my gym and I work with him three days a week, no matter what, that I've never missed. It's an hour. If people can't live without me for an hour, there's something wrong with their system. (laughs) Like They really have to. Um, I'm really um, strict about my sleep and making sure I know for me, sleep is essential. Um, I'm a person who needs a lot of sleep. And so I'm very strict about, nope, Marissa can't do anything before this hour. I don't care what your time zone is. Um, I have to sleep. And so I'm available after this time. I'm also um, a little less successful, but working really hard on food. Um, food is important for me. My blood sugar just plummets really easily. And so I um, I make people get me food. <laughs> Uh, which sounds horrible, but, but it, you know, I have an assistant. I was always like, oh, I don't want to make my assistant get me food. But you know what? If I don't have my assistant get me food, I'm a really crabby person and that's worse. And she's thrilled to get me food. <laughs> yes. She's happy to get me food. She feels useful. Um, so I, I let her get me food, you know, as when it not always, but, you know, when I'm, I know I've got interviews over my lunch or something. I, I asked her if she'd please you know get us both some food and she's more than happy to do that. and before I would I wouldn't ask for that, I'd be like, oh I have to do it myself or I'm not gonna ask, ask her to do that and that's not you know part of her job or whatever. And um you know what it makes all of our lives better <laughs> she's been thrilled and I buy her food and we're all happy. So you know there's uh, a lot of things' I'm, I'm learning about as far as that and and being able to um you know uh, ask ask for help and, and set boundaries in a way that I just didn't before. I felt like I, I was always desperate. I had to do, I had to work so hard. And yes, I'm blessed with a lot of um, success that also has you know, uh, financial security now. But at the same time, nothing's promised. I mean, next year, who knows? I may not have any work. We don't know. <laughs> it's year by year in my job and there's no retirement or anything. Um, so we don't know, but I don't let that panic get to me. Um, and I used to, I used to be like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I have a job next year. It's like, now I'm just like, you know what, if you don't take care of yourself next year, this year, next year doesn't matter. So I'm, I'm lear- I've learned to care for myself and, and do the things I need to make myself happy, healthy and happy and calm so that, you know, something will happen next year and I'll be ready for it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that's great advice for everyone. Yeah, thank you. Thank of you. Of course. Yeah, thanks.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's great to talk to you folks. I really appreciate y'all taking, you know, the time. I it's important to me to get to talk to native folks <laughs> more than just about anything. But I was unthrilled that you know y'all wanted to talk and that you took the time.
1: Well, we're so excited for you and break all the legs on the 20th. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. It's there great. It's great. actually kind out of great.
0: Oh yeah, thank you. It's actually perfect because I get to go right from this Broadway craziness too, which is wonderful and beautiful and I'm very grateful but then I get to go straight to South Dakota and work on my next cornerstone play there at home and it's like it's for me it's like I know that's coming it's like oh uh, everything will be fine I'll be in the black holes. <laughs> I'll be in a, you know the heart of everything that is I can just it's gonna be great so it's, it's really a per- perfect balance for me for my beginning this year
1: beautiful well yeah. Kriana for all of your time and. Mm-hmm. If ever you want to visit with us again, we're happy to have you back. Awesome. Thank you so much.
0: I really appreciate it, folks. Thank you. We'll be lucky. All
1: right. we will see you. Take care.
0: (laughs) Bye.